Welcome back to another episode of the Unfounded Podcast, everyone. My name is Chris Turner. I am your host, and I am happy to be back here with you on this beautiful, well, actually in my neck of, neck of the neighborhood, it's not the most beautiful day. It's kind of a gloomy day here, but wherever you are, I hope it's beautiful. And uh, good morning or good good evening or you know, good afternoon to you, depending on when you're listening to this. Um, yeah, Monday time, right? I uh, just released that X marks the spot episode yesterday for you guys. So if you had any confusion on the first two episodes, please listen to number three. That one will, should give you a little better idea. I hope at least it gives you a little better idea of what this looks like. Uh, as I kind of said in that episode, my process is pretty, pretty wide open, man. I kind of just sit in front of the mic and let her rip, Tater Chip, you know, so uh, we'll see what comes of it today. Um, but without further ado, someone's telling me to jump right in the deep end here. Um, and the ego is what I'm thinking about today. Uh, <laughs> the ego, well, that's a small subject. Um, <laughs> let's see how we unpack this. Okay. So, the ego. What is it? Do you guys know? Because I don't think anybody really has... It's a very hard thing to describe, the ego is. And there's a, there's a very big... Re- the main reason for that is 99.99999% of people believe that their ego is them. All right. And I want to kind of go into a little bit of what the ego is made up of, All right, what it is. So the ego in the classical sense is kind of the image of the self, right? So it's a combination of both the stimulus you receive from other people, right? So when you go and engage with somebody and you talk to them, kind of how they respond to you, that kind of, that gives you information that allows you to fill in kind of a, uh, image of who you are to other people, right? And the more you do that, the more you create this image of how people view you. That's half of it, right? The other half is how you view yourself. Okay, so kind of your own internal self-image. Excuse me, I'm I, I drinking a bunch of coffee, excuse me. Also, before I continue, uh, this is not how I normally sound. I've been sick for like two weeks and I, I am never sick. Like I, I literally haven't gotten sick in like a year and a half, two years. And something hit me like two weeks ago and I have been stuffed up and coughing and sounding nasty ever since. And it's right when I launched my podcast. Uh, I guess I, <laughs> good timing, Chris, but, um, but anyway, that's why I might sound a little nasally and stuff. I apologize for that. Cause I don't mean to. Um, but anyway, so uh, that's the ego in the classical sense, at least the best way I conceptualize it, right? That's the way I conceptualize it. And um, if you want to learn more about kind of the more spiritual side of the ego, uh, how that's conceptualized, um, Alan Watts is a very good research, uh, research. He's a very good resource on this, uh, this type of information. But anyway, I'll, I'll actually continue uh, as I move forward to, I'll start to post things by kind of some people that influence me, uh, on my Facebook page and on my Twitter page so that you guys can kind of engage with those, those people as well, because they're incredibly valuable. There's so many brilliant people out there in the world and I want to share them with you as well. So anyway, one of those being Alan Watts, if you want to start anywhere, start with Alan Watts, he'll probably freak you out right away and you'll turn him off in five minutes. But if you're uh, courageous enough and listen to a whole hour or two uh, hour lecture of his, it's pretty mind blowing stuff. Okay. Um, so anyway, the ego, the ego, right? So it's partially made up of how people view you and it's partially made up of your image of yourself, right? And you can kind of see how those two things are interdependent in some way. Okay. Um, one of, one of the interesting things about the ego is 
and the way we think about real tangible things, it isn't. All right? Because it is kind of this conglomerate of assumption in some way, right? You're not actually getting... It's not like you're actually receiving, like, data sets from other people about who you are, right? I mean, in some ways, I guess you could say the visual information, the auditory information is data and could be put into a data set. But it's it's kind of, uh, it's like quasi-data in some way, because it's, it's, it's not as concrete as, you, as, as something you'd, you know, collect data with. If you had a piece of machinery or something, it's going to report, you know, a specific amount of uh, numbers or equations or whatever at a certain interval, and that's going to give you a very concrete idea of what's going on in that thing. It's a little different when you interact with people. You do get information, but it's not as concrete. You, you kind of feel what I'm saying? And so <clears throat> there's this interesting interplay that happens between your self-image, how you view yourself, and this image that you're presented from other people. And you can kind of see how those interplay, right? They rely on each other because they're both half of the same image, right? So in order, you can't have the ego without the self-image and the other image, right? It has to go together. And <clears throat> what I find really interesting about this, I, again, I'm not sure why I'm going on this. I think it's because the ego is a very foundational, fundamental idea. Uh, that, that we have to kind of understand if we're going to move forward at all, right? Um, because what I'm, I guess I'm, I'll try to tell you what I'm trying to get to. I don't believe the ego's a real thing. Oh, dang it, I forgot to do it. <laughs> I'm so bad about this. It's because I just, like, wake up and start recording this stuff, man. I don't turn anything off. Damn. Gotta get better. Anyway, um, in the, it's not real in the way you think of real things. The ego isn't. Um, in some ways, it's a form of, it's closer to what we think of as brainwashing <laughs> than it is to actual, um, an actual entity kind of thing, right? A real thing, living thing. And the reason I say that is because once you realize that your image of yourself is highly dependent on how people view you, you realize you can start to play with that intermingling, right? So you can kind of, you can kind of start to instead of like being controlled by the ego, like once you realize that it's a thing, the ego is a thing, right? Then you can pull yourself outside of it, right? Because if you can view the ego, if you can see the ego, then it's not you, right? If you can see your image of yourself, then that's not actually you. Because who's looking at it? You see what I'm saying? And this is an incredibly important differentiation in the way you can view the world. And I think that's why I'm getting into it right after that map episode. Um, this is one of the most fundamental perception shifts you can undertake. And it, it's a painful process too. Very painful. But what I'm trying to get at, I hope you guys are tracking with me. What I'm trying to get at here is that the ego is not a real thing in the way you think about it. And if you... In, in actuality, most people don't even identify the ego as existing, period. They confuse the ego with themselves. And so there's this one thing running around. And there's a couple of traits you'll notice uh, about people that are wrapped in their ego. You can probably already think of people that are egotistical. There's a reason we have that word, right? Um, egotistical people tend to be very, very focused on themselves, right? Very selfish, kind of... Um, a bull in a china shop is a good example. You know what I mean? Like they just rush around and create havoc because their focus is very, very, um, 
their focus isn't deep enough in a sense. And I'll, I'll kind of try to explain what I mean by that. So, um, once you start to realize that though, that the, you know, and this is partially why you have to understand thinking at the philosophical level, right? Because in order to view your ego, you have to think at that level. <laughs> you know what I mean? You have to think about yourself as something other than it. Right. And we don't do that very much in modern society. But if you can do that, if you can get to that point where you can start to picture how people view you and picture how you feel about yourself and you'll realize that that's kind of you, you know, you'll realize that that's what you associate with you, period. But at the same time, you'll notice you're watching it. And that slight distinction reveals absolutely everything to you. It'll show you that it isn't real. Your ego is a fake thing. It's something that's kind of interdependent on, on two different perceptions. And so it isn't real, right? It, it's, 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 uh, and it's constantly changing too. That's why you can't grab onto it. You know what I mean? It's always being changed by both your internal feelings and the, 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 the response you're getting from the external world. And so it's constantly morphing and moving and telling you to do weird things and, and, and kind of worrying about itself, right? And you see the trait of the egotism in the egotistical people. You see how this aligns with the ego because they're, 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 they don't know there's something different than that. So all they're doing is trying to play. They're trying to get the world to adjust. They're, they're playing a game they can't win if you get, get what I'm saying. Because they, they think that they can like, I don't know. I'm overgeneralizing. This is what I assume happens. But I, I think people get in this mode where they think they can... Um, they get over-controlling, overbearing, over-wrapped up in themselves and egotistical. As they get more into the ego, they tend to take a view of the world as if it needs to change to them. Because it's, it's rooted in some kind of deep feeling of insufficiency. Like, uh, you're not enough, right? Like, I, at a base, it, I think that's why the ego is not a good thing in a sense to rely on because it's, it, it, it's rooted in insecurity. It grows out of insecurity. That's how it gets outsized. The more insecure, unsure about yourself, the more you look to the outer world to fill in those blanks, the more the outer world sees you as something that isn't confident and gives you that feedback. You see what I'm saying? So it creates this negative downward spiral loop. The worse that loop gets, the bigger the ego grows. Until you're some kind of monster. Until you're, you're something other than you ever, something different than you ever were. You know, you're so far from your, your true being or your nature that you're, you're a monster. You know, and you can find those monsters in the world too if you look in, the, in, in it. They're, they're pretty obvious. They actually kind of look like monsters sometimes. <laughs> it's, it's a little freaky. People put on the face of the monster when they're embodying it. And, and they have this grimace, this evil look to them. And you can tell when people are, are fully wrapped in themselves and egotistical and maniacal. You can, all the words that go along with it. You know what I mean? Egotistical, maniacal, suicidal, murderous. Shit. I mean, you can go all the way down the list, all the way down to genocidal if you want. Because you see how that that equation doesn't work out. 
If you're trying to adjust the world to you, the world isn't going to adjust to you. It's going to look at you and give you feedback that you're doing something wrong. The more you see that, you're going to you're not going to realize you can adjust, so you're just going to keep going down that path, making it worse and worse, your ego growing out of control until you're a monster that destroys everything around you. I hope that's clear. And I know it's very dark. I know many of my podcasts that you've listened to, the three podcasts you've listened to so far, tend to be a little more uplifting. And that's definitely the point of what I'm doing. But like I said in last episode, the issues we're going to be dealing with are going to be the ones that are going to make you really uncomfortable. And so it's going to be dark. It's going to be heavy sometimes. And I, I think you need to know that that's part of the process, right? That that's also part of the creative process, right? It's, it's part of growing as a, pe- as a person. It's part of making the world a better place is looking into your fears, looking into things you don't want to, and, and, and seeing how those are affecting you and the people around you. In the context of the ego, right? It's going to get a little spiritual here for a second because this is a very this is the ego is a is a very good it's a very good point to focus on if you want to try to identify the differences in this way of thinking. Because what you will also realize if you get to that point where you're thinking about your ego, you're thinking about your self-image, you're visualizing it and you're watching it. What can happen, Alan Watts does a good job of describing this, what can happen if you do that for long enough is you will start to split from it. Your ego starts to become and clearly defined as a separate thing in your head. It no longer feels like it's you moving you around. It starts to feel like you're something. You don't know what it is. But this other thing is like a weird outgrowth. It's like a cancer. It's 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 a byproduct. It's not a it's not a it's not the real thing. It's brainwashing in some sense, if you want to call it that. It's it's the analytical, scientific, tangible world wrapped it's 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 like the negative aspect of that view, only that view is what it produces. Is egotism. And outside is ego in I see that happening everywhere, absolutely everywhere, like mad. It's spreading like wildfire. It's something to do with the internet as well, you know, the lack of communication we've talked about before as well, right? You don't have the ability to express yourself properly, so you don't have the ability to... Well, and and, and on top of that, if you're not recognizing what you are, then even if you're expressing yourself, how do you know if you're doing it genuinely? Because if it's your ego talking, and you hear that term used, right, ego talking, there's a reason it's used that way. Because it's, some, it's not you. If it's only your ego talking, you're not saying what you really mean. You're not saying your real truth. Because the real you is something other than that. And you got to figure out what that is. This is a good starting point. A good thing to focus on for a while and watch in yourself is the ego. Your self-image. You know, in some ways, if you if it's hard to conceptualize that, just focus on your confidence in some in some way, because your confidence is very directly related to your self-image. And so, if you don't feel confident, or you feel insecure, that's where you start, because it'll show you where your ego is. It'll define it for you. You know, look at what you're scared of, right? 
what what fuels the ego that's the other thing that's interesting about it you can always there's like this distilling effect that happens when you look at something it's it it it, it makes things immediately clear like take the ego for instance for my experience, this has been a very long period of time this has happened, right? This doesn't happen like a flip of a switch. It's not like you go in and start thinking about your ego and it's like, boom, oh, I'm something different than that. No, it's like you have to deconstruct that thing before you ever realize what your like, true intention is. And, and in order to deconstruct it, you have to identify where its boundaries are. Where, how do you identify where its boundaries are? What are you afraid of? That's, that is literally what outlines it. That's what gives it form is your fears, your insecurities. And once you realize that, you realize anything fueled off a negative source like that, insecurity, fear, it's not good. And it's definitely not you. Because you in default, the real you, what's really living inside of there, you may not even know it. The real you by default is intrinsically good. We've talked about intrinsic value. That's where it comes from, is the real you, the soul, the source, the self, whatever you want to say. The thing, whatever's happening here right now, you know? That's the real you. The ego is something else. It's a, it's, a, it's a caricature of what the world thinks of you and then how you react to that. And one of the I think one of the most important things we need in this world right now is for people to identify that thing as the other in some sense, right? We look out into the world and we identify everybody else, other groups as the other. No, the other's the ego. Don't fight other people out in the world. Don't try to change them to you. Don't try to, don't do any of that. Because you're not gonna, it's not going to work. You can try. You're just going to frustrate yourself and turn yourself into a little villain if you want to go that route. There's so many people in the world today that are presenting themselves as saviors, and it's disgusting. Because it, it's, an, it's their ego. And it's so obvious. You can tell when people are doing this. If people are using the hero card, they're not the hero. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? Because you have plenty of examples of, of what the real hero is, and you know what it is when you see it. It's an archetype. It's like a basic, like, in a sense, like a personality. When you see the hero personality embodied, it inspires respect. Like, like it inspires the same things it is. Respect, courage, faith, I mean, strength, all of those things. When you see it, that's why it's contagious. It doesn't suck energy from people. It gives it to them. Right? And, and and look at look at our leaders nowadays. You know, I'm not trying to be pick on anyone. I'm saying every single political party. I don't see hardly any examples of political leaders in the political landscape today that are not entirely, absolutely, utterly wrapped in their ego. They're so lost with it they actually they don't have any conception of themselves as other than. Like they don't see the ego as something different than what they are. And because of that, they're going around trying to change everybody to them. There's a lot to say on this topic. And I... 
But I think at a base, and I, I don't know, again, I haven't listened to this yet, but I think I've done a, a decent job of, of at least introducing the idea of the ego to you. All right? Um, because it's it's a very hard concept to learn. And it's something that's taught in, phil- in philosophy. But as we've covered before, very few people cover, like even look in, at a philosophy, philosophy book throughout their life. Right? I would highly recommend you do at some point. Right? Because I do think it's like a whole new world that opens up. It's a whole new perspective. It's a real beautiful thing. But that's kind of besides the point. For now, I think as we begin this journey, as we begin this adventure, what I think is the first step is look at your ego. Define it. Figure out where your boundaries are. I'm sorry, not your. Its boundaries are. How does it? How does it make you feel? You know what I mean. How do you feel when 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 you engage with the world and that is your default running? When when the ego is the thing that's controlling you, how do you feel? You may not even be at that point yet. It's really hard to get that separation to start, to actually feel like you're something different than it because you've done this your whole life. If you wonder how this be, how this happens, it's 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 like brainwashing. If you think about it, you wait. Like you're born, and we. Have you ever wondered why we don't remember memory? I mean, besides, I know there's a, a scientific explanation, like the frontal cortex isn't fully developed and all this kind of stuff, right? Like it, you don't retain memory for a certain period of time because your brain's too malleable, or something like that, right? Or you're making connections, but not the same type of connections that would. Um, anyway, you get what I'm saying, right? The we don't, but we don't remember that time for some reason, and I think there's a re. I think it's partially because one of the basic hurdles in life for personal growth is to figure out is to figure out that you are not your ego. You know that when you're born. The reason you can't remember anything before like age 4 is because that's you'd solve the problem already. You know what I mean? Like it's it, the, you have to go through the world to get any information or, or, or value from it. And the only way to like, begin down that journey is to, in some ways, be blinded, right? So, like, you can't take... Let's take this idea, like, every being is born perfect, right? Let's take, like, every baby has every answer it needs. It has every... It has the, the image of the universe in its eyes kind of a thing, right? And think about it this way. Like, as you get... You engage with the physical world you get pulled more and more out of that. And what you start to realize, you start to see, and your parents are the first people to do this for you, actually. They let you know right away. And this is really interesting, too. Jordan Peterson talks about this, another very good, uh, very, very good person to listen to. But anyway, do you know what the first thing that you'll recognize in a baby? Like the first kind of emotion they'll display? It's some form of like laughter or play. Like what, what game do you, like think about it. What game do you go and play with a kid? A little baby, one that can't talk or anything like that, can barely move. What do you do? Peekaboo. Right? You play with him or her. And why do you do that? Why do they react to it right away? Why do they get it? You, you know what I mean? They smile. They laugh. Eyes light up. 
and they want more of it. Why is that? Because you have to look at the baby as like an unadultered thing. They have no none of the negative consequences or experience of the world. They don't have any of this bullcrap influencing them or past love love hurts like keeping them from opening up to people or whatever your issue is, right? Like all of the crap that you accumulate as you go through this world that is painful. You know what I mean? They don't have any of that. And what do they do? What's their natural state of things? Play. Here's another example. Take your dog. Intelligent animal, right? That's one of the reasons why we keep them as pets is because they they have an ability to communicate emotion through the eyes and the face that most animals don't. And so we connect with them it, in some ways as a display of intelligence. But you know what the other curious thing about dogs is? They have the same nature as a baby. You don't have to do anything, they'll play. You'll be trying to not have them play, and they're playing. You know what I mean? Think about kids. That's what they do. That's kind of what your parent job is. Like, no, get serious. No, 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 no. Don't play too much. The world's a serious place. It's going to hurt you. Like, that's kind of what, you know what I mean? And you already just start to see how that message restricts the natural state. You know, you take the kid and you produce fear inside of them. You know, the, 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 the kid or the, the dog, right? You know, they're running around playing crazy, 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 you know, blah, blah, blah. Stop. No. Bad. There's time for playing, there's time for not. Serious time. And what does the dog do? He goes and pounce, lays, and, you know, gets all upset. Same thing with the kid, right? Why can't we play? They don't understand. <laughs> no, you don't understand. That's where it is. That is the natural state of things. That is the natural state of the universe. That is the default for every living organism. At least intelligent ones. I don't I don't know if I could say for every living organism, but at least ones that have human-like intelligence or at least approaching that. Dolphins, elephants, dogs, cats, I mean all of them. You can see how the ego starts to form out of that, right? What did I say it's based in? Negative things, fear, you know, aggression, anger, resentment, insecurity. Where do you think that starts? You're playing too much. Because think about you being that kid, running around in the yard or whatever it is, you know, messing the crap up, drawing on the wall or something. You know what I mean? What do you do after that? Your parent or your elder or your babysitter or somebody. That's what they do. No. Stop. Tighten up. Straighten up. Get serious. Do work. You know what I mean? Align yourself with the world. So what do you do? I mean, they know better, right? They can talk and they have food and they have money and they have cars and all this stuff that you really want. So why wouldn't you align with them? But that's the tricky son of a bitch about it. <laughs> I have this sneaking suspicion that we get less wise as we age. Or not necessarily as we age, but there's kind of this parabola effect. I think I'm using the right term there. We're like, you're born with everything you need. 
And the ideal life path is you get shaken out of that so that you will enter the world and try to play the game in a sense. And then the point is to have the game break you at some point. When I'm referring to the game, you could be thinking of it as the rat race. You could be thinking... There's a lot of games in the world, right? <laughs> People play a lot of games, but you can... Any of them. One of those games breaks you. Or you realize it's a game. Through that pain and suffering. And it causes you to turn towards something else. Maybe back on a memory. Where it, it, it just causes a shift in perspective. And that's what... Really, I think reveals the ego is that shift in perspective. Ideally, as that life progresses, you get more and more close to the wisdom you had when you were born. Hopefully improving it. I think that's how the soul grows in some sense is it has to go through the trials of life. It's the only way this the eternal thing gains more is to kind of go through the trials and tribulations and it has to kind of forget what it is or else it's going to ruin the experience in some way. It's going to stop the situation that's going to make them grow before it happens because they see it coming. You know what I mean? It's like you don't want the train crash to happen, but what if the train crash is exactly what you need to happen? If you see it coming, you're going to stop it. But if you don't, the sucker's going to hit. And the aftermath's going to be bloody, but who knows what comes after it. You know what I mean? What comes in... I don't know if that's the best analogy, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> this has been a heavy one, man. I, I, uh, I, It's really funny how this comes out because I was... Like, I'm in a very chipper mood right now. Like, <laughs> I feel absolutely fantastic. I hope you guys are feeling absolutely fantastic. I don't mean to bring anybody down with anything I'm talking about, right? If I did, boom, snap out of it, right? <laughs> You're good to go. These are heavy topics, you know, but it doesn't need to affect your mood, right? You can still think about these things and not have it bring you down. And I think that's partially why we don't talk about these subjects is because they're heavy and scary and sad sometimes, <laughs> you know what I mean? And can be traumatizing, but it doesn't have to be. Because I said something about the hero earlier, right? There's something to that archetype. What's an archetype? It's kind of a basic image of... An archetype is kind of the fundamental something, right? So in this case, the hero is the archetype of the hero is kind kind of the fundamental the fundamental savior it's the fundamental kind of divine being for lack of a better term right it's it's the it's the odysseus from the odyssey right it's um i mean take any movie right it's it's uh lightning mcqueen from cars you know what i mean it's it's um you find, I mean, and that's another interesting thing is look at the Disney movies and you'll find all of these trends, all of these these little hidden gems in them. But anyway, the, the point is the hero. That's kind of how you need to approach these subjects, the ego itself. Approach it like you're a hero, like you're Odysseus going off on an adventure to figure out where the boundaries of you are. You know, and you're going to slay the dragon and you're going to, you know, you're going to you're going to go out and, and, and find the Cyclops and defeat him. You know what I mean? That's how you have to approach these kind of subjects, these deep, in some ways painful realities. 
because if you don't look at them, it doesn't help. It makes the things worse. It not only makes your life worse, it makes the whole world worse. That's that's kind of how it works. It's a it's a butterfly effect in a sense, right? The world changes based on individual drive, and 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 in some ways, it is a butterfly effect. As you change, you have the ability to change the people around you, and that balloons out, and then you can kind of see it, right? It's the same effect in the opposite direction. You know, like if you're not if you're not engaging with these things, everybody you touch. You bring down a little bit more, you know. If you're in the if you're in the shadows and you're playing a game with yourself, and you go out into the world, you wreak havoc on everybody else, right? And and because you're not, you don't you you're playing a game. And so the best way to approach these things is be the hero, be the brave one, go in like you know do the soul searching, go up into your head, try to figure out what you're afraid of, define where that is. You'll start to get an image of what your ego is separate than you, and then you'll know you're something different. You're not that thing, and then you can rise above it. You can be the phoenix that rises out of the ashes, right? This is where it starts. And I know this has been a heavy podcast. <laughs>、uh, I didn't mean for it to be, like I said, but I hope you enjoyed the content of it, right? And like I said, if you have any questions or concerns, or you feel like something's really calling you to do some more searching on this, and you want a little better guidance on how to go about that, like I said, there's some resources out there that will really help you. There's different routes you can take to get to the same ending. Like I said, I'll give you two examples: Jordan Peterson, Alan Watts. If you want to go the more spiritual route, go listen to Alan Watts. Okay. If you want to go the more, I would say. Philosophical route, scientific route. Go listen to Jordan Peterson. He's a very controversial figure as well. Some of you may be like, "Yeah, I'm not going to listen." Please delete that from your head right now. Whatever kind of political leanings and stuff you've associated with these figures, delete it. You need to engage with this information. The reason you feel like they're evil is because somebody's telling you they are, and they're trying to keep you from engaging with that information. There's a purpose behind it. Don't let them do that to you. You're a free being. You're independent. And you can listen to who you want to. All right. So those are the two people I'd leave with tonight. I don't know if homework's the right term, right? Because you can do it if you want. But Alan Watts, Jordan Peterson, try to engage with those people and see what happens. There's definitely、um, you'll see what I'm talking about here. Okay.、Um, I think that's what I got for today, guys. I'm hitting 35. I guess these are all going to be 35 minutes. You know, I didn't plan that, but every single time, it's like. Almost to the dot, 35 minutes. So that's where I'm at now. I'm gonna leave it there. I hope you enjoyed this very kind of high-level talk on the ego.、Um, well, some in some ways.、Uh, and if you have any questions, concerns, comments, please drop me a message on Facebook, Twitter,、uh, on the Podbean app, or on my website.、Um, I'd love to get more engagement from you guys, and、I'm, I really hope you're enjoying it this far. All right.、Uh, with that, that is the Unfounded Podcast signing out on this Monday morning.、Uh, I hope you have a good rest of your week. And I'll talk to you soon. Thanks.